Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome back to another little bonus lockdown pod. Got not Johnny with me, mate. Johnny, how are you? Yeah, man, I'm doing all right. Week, what is it? Week 50 of the Sydney lockdown, is it now? Just a little note off the top. If you're one of these fools in the city trying to do all these things, can you not please? I want to fucking go to the pub. I want to get married. I want to do all these things. So it'd be much appreciated if you, you know, wore your mask and stayed inside. Just a little little side note, a little bit of, little bit of politics on the podcast, but stay, stay inside <laughs> people. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the scenes yesterday, um, you know, we had protests pretty much all around the world. I mean, you know, if one person was infected, that could be pretty nasty for Gladys today. Yeah, that's it. Well, look, we'll, we'll leave the, the political stuff there. Like I said, stay at home. Be, be, let's be reasonable and, you know, make sure the footy doesn't get closed down, make sure we can go back to a bit of normal living. But, Nom, I've got a, another little bonus pod here for you, mate. You know, we're rounding out into the, the final stretch for Supercoach. We'll have a lot of more Supercoach content in the next couple of weeks. Um, I wanted to have another little look forward to next year. So I picked 10 players out for you, Norman. I want to go through, I'll say the player and say what round I think they're going to go in next year. Then let's have a bit of banter. We'll, we'll go yes or no, quick discussion, and we'll get out of here in about half an hour. How does that sound? Sounds like a good idea. So I'm assuming next year we'll be, you know, going into that with the same sort of 12-man format. 12-man format, uh, snake draft. So... Same thing in our league. Uh, so if anyone, yeah, you know, some people have, you know, a six, an eight, a 10 round. We're a 10 man, a 12 man league. So we'll get straight into the first one, Dom. It's my most interesting one and the one I'm looking forward to the most next year. It's Nico Hines. So obviously having a belter of a season, he's going to finish in the top 10 this year. Um, he's going to go into the Sharks, lead playmaker. Looks like he's going to have the goal kicking as well. First round. Do we see Nico Hines going in the first round, Dom? Maybe not in the first round, but I can see him being picked up quite high, maybe second or third round, just because there's a bit of unknown there. You know, with you know Carl Flanagan, he, he he was half decent at the Roosters, but then you know when you put him into a different system, well, you know, I mean, he I don't think I've seen him play here in about a month now, and um, I don't think he's going to be averaging thirty this year. Yeah, I think with Nico, the thing that I do really like from a super coach perspective, he loves to get his hands on the ball. So I think he's going to have a very, very solid base no matter what, even in a mm-hmm. team where it's not performing like a Melbourne Storm. If he's mm-hmm. got the goal kicking plus he, you know, gets his tackles and gets his runs up, you know, he's at least going to, to me, average a 50 or 60. He may not average near the 100 that he's doing right now. But I think, yeah, I think if he falls past the second, if I'm a guy who has the first who has the first overall pick, you know, gets a turbo or a Cleary number one and then can kind of go, you know, position need number two and then with a third pick and round, on pick 25, pick up Nico as well. I think that's a fucking steal. I'll be definitely trying to do that if that's me. So I think that's an absolute steal. He falls to second or third because uh, I've got him penciled in um, late first. If I had the 11th and 12th, if I had the 12th and 13th pick in the, in the snake, I think I'd take Nico in one of those. Yeah, look, it will no doubt be a, a risky play to pick him up first, but um, look, we can see his ceiling. I mean, you know, he can hit, um, you know, into the high hundreds. He, he can turn up any other week when he's in the mood. And um, 
again, if he gets a dual position, if he's like full back, uh, five eight, that is a really juicy prospect. Yeah, to me, if, if he's uh, full back five eight next year, that's just that's you know this year full back center has been handy. You know, I've used it pretty well, but yeah, if he if he had full back five eight, especially from a classic perspective, he's I think he's in my first round team and he stays there the rest of the season because he's not going to play rep. He's going to be there every week. I think it's a, I think it's a good play there. Hmm. All right, next guy, Nom. He it's a guy we haven't thought about all year. He's only played the three games this year, but he set the world ablaze. It's Luke Keary. He's coming off the oh, ACL. Yes. He's going to be in this Roosters team that you think would have because the scary thing about the Roosters is they're going to have a lot of money this offseason. So a lot of players have already gone off the table. So they're probably not going to be able to make much impact for next year, but they can still get some impact quality players. And Luke Keery spearheading that attack and partnering Sam Walker in the halves is very interesting. Second round pick knob. Do you think he goes in the top 24 picks in a draft? Yeah, I'd be happy to pick him up second round. I, I was just um, yeah thinking about that. I mean, he started the year. I think he pretty much almost turned up every single one of those games. And um, look, I know he's got a concussion or two in him and, you know, coming off this ACL, there is a bit of unknown considering his performance, but I think he'll still be, you know, top dog in this, in this team. He'll be, you know, getting a lot of the, um, overcalling Sam Walker a lot, just like he did this year. Um, yeah. And in this, a fully fit Roosters attacking outfit, I think there is points to be had. Yeah, the, the interesting thing this year that, you know, we kind of forget now because it was since back since round three, he actually had the duel for his first time in his career for Supercoach. He was a halfback 5'8", which would have been very interesting. You know, we, we kind of look at this year when we were by planning for that round 17, you know, it was like Nick Arima or Sean Johnson, which both of, the, both of those guys have been pretty big disappointments from a classic perspective when you've brought him in. You know, if Luke Q played in that round 17 bye. So if you were able to bring in Luke, mm-hmm. Hughes, we've been firing, averaging around, you know, a 70 and 80 maybe, all of a sudden then I think a lot of, you know, a lot more hype goes into it because he's not going to play since round three. And a lot of people who draft, you know, just look at averages, look at total points from the season before. There's going to be some some leagues where Luke Keery drops. And to me, I think, like you said, he's definitely a top two pick for me. Again, if I'm that first, that first overall pick, if you're telling me I could go a turbo, into a Luke Keery, into a Nico Hines, and have my spine basically set in my first three picks. It's very juicy. I could see that, you know, and you know, the the guy that you know we won't talk about today, but I think we'll talk about in a couple of more podcasts is Tedesco. You know, we've talked about his struggles this year, but like you said, full strength Roosters team with Luke Keery calling the shots, and we know the partnership that Tedesco and Keery have. All of a sudden, you could partner Keery and Tedesco together again. It's very. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, once Kiri's back, Teddy can go back to his um, his natural game and, uh, yeah, the points will be flowing. He'll be Tedesco of old that we know. The next guy, Nom, there's no doubt he's a superstar of the game. He's very young in his career. He's going to be here for a long time. But injuries are starting to play a little bit of an impact in the early part of his career. It's Harry Grant. So you I thought, you, thought you were talking about my boy, uh, Bradman Best. <laughs> Bradman, no, look, I'm not going to get to Bradman yet. You know, he, he, I think going to be for another podcast, but I'm I'm talking about Harry Grant. You know, there's no denying the talent, and when he's there, he's one of the best players. So there's no denying Harry Grant. He's you know top notch, can play, but 
Injuries starting to pile up here. You know, he was a unanimous first-round pick in our league this year, went ninth overall. I think it's a bit of an injury risk moving forward. I think Harry Grant, the way he plays, the body top that he has, I'm putting it at second-round pick because I think if I had a if I had a pick in the top two rounds, I'd be pretty hesitant to pick Harry Grant. What do you reckon there? Yeah, Harry Grant's a tricky one because, you know, going to the season, I think a lot of people had him penned in for an 80-minute role at Melbourne. And uh, I think if he's not doing the full 80 and if, you know, if um, the Storm are going to go forward with, you know, the one-two punch of Harry Grant starting off the bench, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, um, makes him slide a bit down the pecking order. Probably not, you know, like first round. I'm not sure even second round. Well, yeah, I, think, I reckon probably second round because just given the fact that the position he feels is a very shallow um, depth. Yeah, and I think what we've seen this year, especially in our league, is your top two picks need to be in and out captain materials every week. And Harry Grant is a captain material, but is he going to be there every week? Um, yeah. I think a lot of guys in our league, especially, are going to start looking at um, rep players moving forward who plays Origin mid year. Uh, we didn't have to think about that last year. You know, we're able to run through. Um, that being said, you know, you picked Nathan Cleary second overall and he got injured in Origin. He's been out for a couple of weeks. That, that's not going to deter you from picking him next year. But I think a guy like Harry Grant, who <laughs> is pretty prone to an injury from the, and you know, some young players can shake the injury tag. But yeah, to me, I think it's a bit of a risk. And um, Damien Cook, who we won't talk about in this podcast, but I can't wait to talk about it next week in our Supercoach Wrap because. You know, we've been talking about it. We brought him into our classic league. I've had him in draft, been kind of waiting for that explosion. We kind of saw the possibility of what Damian Cook can be without Wayne Bennett next year. Uh, so it's an interesting one. I think Harry Grant's going to be definitely one of those ones in the draft that's going to be a bit of a swing play. He's going to go either, I think, a lot earlier than you think or a lot later than you think. Yeah, I mean, surely this year a lot of people are sort of uh, put off by him because, you know, but the right he's going, you're just happy if he can get a 50. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Nom, the next guy. So it's the first center, center wing. And in our league this year, the first center wing didn't go to pick uh, round four. That was me taking North Luma. Oh, no, sorry. Zach Lomax went first round. Lomax. Um, I think Tor went early too. Yeah, he went one pick after Nofo. So take, oh, taking out the low max pick because I think that was more of a play as a, as a fullback duel. I think let's just go straight up center wing. It was not, not for round four. So let's talk about Ruben Garrick. He's currently in the top 10 overall for uh, Supercoach this year. Probably going to finish in the top 10 with the way Manly will finish the season. It's going to be really hard to say, but do we see a center in our league going uh, top three rounds? Oh, top three rounds. I think someone is going to pay overs and, you know, if they're, um, you, you always have some wild cards. I, I think you know, given that Zach Lomax went in our first round, I think, you know, some old fool is going to pick up a center wing in, in the third round. Yeah. And, you know, it could be a guy that loves Brian Tall and go second round can be a captain material in the off week. It could be, you know, a, a Ruben Garrick, it could be a, you know, a Norfolk Luma, it could be a guy that it could be someone that gets a, a weird jewel and we just don't know about it yet. You know, I think there's a couple of options, but yeah, the way that Ruben Garrick's played this year, you know, definitely 
Ryan's got him in our league and has been able to captain him some weeks. You know, he got a 300 against me. He got an 80 last night. It's just that thing where you just don't know how it's going to shake out. But to me, again, we've seen it in our league. Get the spine set nice and early. Um, you know, get get a good captaincy material. Um, I probably wouldn't look until about round four again. That's when I'd probably be wanting to make my move for my top center wing would be round four. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've Very rarely have I captained a center wing, but more often than not, it hasn't worked out for me. I think I captained Campbell Graham one week, uh, but then I did captain Jermaine Asago twice and that did work out. So it's it's very much a roll of the dice when you go with a center wing. Yeah, exactly. The next guy, Nom, another really, really interesting one to me. I kind of, I, I've got him this year and I have no idea when I do my my big board before we do the draft and I kind of release the player rankings again. I had him ninth overall heading into this season. I don't know if he's in the top 20 for me. It's Jason Tomalolo for next year. He's still got that. He's still got that base in him. You know, when he gets when he gets over 55 minutes, he's got that base in him and he can get you a 60 consistently. You know, a try assist on a line break can get you a hundred. To me, top three rounds. Does he go in the top three or does he go past past round in a round four? No, I reckon just just on the name factor alone, he he will still go in round two, I guarantee you. In our league at least. Um, you know. Yeah, I see. I see second round for him. Maybe late second round, but um, yeah, I, I doubt he'll slip past third or fourth. Yeah, because you look at some of the second rowers that may go ahead of him. You know, you got your Fafita, your Crichtons, um, then a couple of forwards, like you know, your Haas. Um, I don't know. To me, I'm happy owning him now. You know, there was a stage there at the early in the season I was very, very worried. Um, you know, he's given me a couple of decent scores. He's given, I think he's got 180 odd, um, but a lot of 55s. And I think, you know, with a top three round pick, even a top four pick, I need I need more ceiling. I don't want base at that stage. Base is, once you get into around seven, eight, nine, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, that's when you get your base. That's when you get your Barnetts. That's when you get your Fanuel Blakes. You know, you guys always pump you out of 55. I don't want that in my top three pick. A top three round pick needs to be that's the floor. The floor is a 60, but if I cap them, they can get me a 250. And I just don't see that with Tom Lillard. I think this year, you know, I did value the some of the second rowers, and I still will value the second rowers and the props, but I think you'll see the big board next year will be skewed a lot more to the spine players that can really be, you know, swing a captain league. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um... Definitely, you know, first three rounds, like you said, I'm trying to pick up my spine. I'm trying to th- pick up, yeah, captaincy material. And, um, yeah, like you said, um, Tom Malolo might not might not do that. Yeah. All right, Nom. Let's go in another half back here. So the next one is Adam Reynolds, who will be with the Brisbane Broncos next year. So we've seen the Broncos struggles this year. You know, whether Adam Reynolds can turn that around single-handedly, he'll still have the goal kicking. He'll be the lead playmaker. He went uh, third round in our league this year. Does he go to the top five rounds next year? I see. I see. definitely see a top five round just because, again, halfback is a fairly shallow position. Um, where he would go. I mean, for me personally, I'm probably not interested. 
but that said, you know, if let's say um, Cleary, Pierce, um, Hughes, um, you know, DCE could go fly off the board, then I might be considering him maybe fifth round. I like how you stuck in Pierce there. The, the listeners heard what you did there. We're not going <laughs> to let that. We're not going to let that one slide. Honestly, um, Pierce, I, I, I would rate him as a top five halfback. Well, you're the only one, mate. So you need to keep <laughs> those three feelings inside. But I guess my question here with Reynolds is value, value in the draft. So let's say he goes to this Brisbane team next year. I think he's averaging right under the 60 mark, if I'm not mistaken. He's about 57 um, from memory. Luke Brooks is about 53, 54. I think you can pick up Adam Reynolds in your scenario here. You know, he might go third or fourth round. We're going to pick up Luke Brooks in the 11, 12, 13 round. I think it's a bit of name value, like you said. I think there might be a higher ceil- a slightly higher, higher ceiling with Reynolds, just with the goal kicking and being the lead playmaker. But to me, you got to look at draft position and draft value there. If I can wait eight rounds or you know six rounds and get a very similar player, I'm probably going to do that. Mm. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah. The next guy is just someone who I was pretty high on going into this season. Another half is a 5'8 this time. Has just not has not clicking in Supercoach land. It's Jack Wyden from the Raiders. So he's, you know, I think I had him fourth overall in the 5'8 um, coming into this year. I was pretty high on the Raiders as everyone was, especially from a Supercoach perspective. I thought, I didn't think they want to challenge... Um, and win for the comp again this year. But I thought from a super coach perspective, they have a lot of players that could really turn it on. And he was one of them. And he has not done it this year. He's the lead playmaker down there. There's no George Williams. So he's got the he's got the position and the to be, you know, taking the balls and the hit-ups and the try assists, not doing it at all. Top six rounds next year, Nom. Would you even want to go near Jack White in next year, top six rounds? Again, personally, I'm probably not interested here. I feel like he's a bit of a rocks and diamond sort of Villa Army kick-out sort of um, mold where, you know, on his day he can turn up, score score a double, you know, set up another handful. But then on the flip side, he can probably get you, you know, 15 as well. Yeah, he's just one of these guys, like, you know, he's never going to have the goal kicking. He's, he's more reliant on his own attacking stats. You know, he'll make a line break. And, like, I don't think he's going to be one of these guys that, you know, 40 metres out, he's going to throw a nice line ball to put someone over. I think he's going to have to, like, run and go, pass the ball inside or go himself. I just think there's a ceiling on that. You know, you might get the... You kind of look at last year when he won the Daly M, which to, to this day is the reason why we're doing this off-season um, project because I, just, I still don't understand how Jack... We can, you know, look back at the 2020 season and go, Jack White was the best player. Um, there was a couple of good super coach weeks there. Could have got a couple of doubles, tunned up. But... Yeah, to me, there's much better players. And if I do need to pick a 5-8 late, I won't touch Jack White until after round seven, to be honest. He's not even a top seven round to me. I think there's just, the ceiling's not there. You know, his floor is actually pretty low for what it should be. You know, he's a star player in the league and his floor can be a 30 in some weeks. You can like kind of look at the scores and go, was he injured? Did he, you know, go off? But he just, you know, didn't get involved. So Jack White for me is probably a no. Yeah, Porcini was absolutely robbed last year at the Billiams. <laughs> Look, the next one, Nom, it's another one of your boys. And people were really high on him at the start of the season, but I think we're starting to see a little bit of a ceiling with 
what he can do next to Nathan Cleary. It's Jerome Luai. So you took him second overall, second uh, round this year. Let's put it there. Does he go second round again, or does he drop into maybe the fourth round now because people see that he might have origin? You know, we've seen him get hurt for the first time in his career, and next day, Nathan Cleary, he's just going to get overcalled. With Jerome Lewis, look, I'm still interested in, let's say, uh, top three rounds maybe, just because, you know, there was a few weeks at the start of the season where he was he was outscoring Nathan Cleary. And after those first few weeks, Nathan Cleary just pretty much overcalled and, uh, you know, he any time he saw opportunity, he just tucked the ball and, and ran himself, which is, again, great for a super coach perspective because I got both. Um, but with, I think I, I mentioned this to you last night about how Jerome Luai, he, he, he needs Cleary there. He can't, you know, be the um, dominant playmaker, but at the same time, he needs Cleary there, but not to do too much. Yeah. So it's, it's a very fine line with Jerome Luai. And when there's that fine line and he can just, you know, do his little scoots up the short side and, you know, just throw up that cutout pass, that's when he's, he's, he's fire. Yeah, 100%. I think he's one of these guys where, again, similar to a one, you know, you, you might get the, the couple of really good Jerome Luai weeks, but then I think you're going to have quite a few where Nathan Cleary is getting the the 120s and Luai sitting on a 40 because the ball just never came to him. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's hit the last three here, Nom. I'll, say, I'll save my favourite one for last because I think that's going to be our, our last little discussion there. Let's go Payne Haas. He's been on an absolute tear the last couple of weeks. Started the season with his suspension. He's coming to this Broncos pack um, that, you know, started pretty poor but has been playing better as of late. First round pick. is He's one of these guys I think we've he's shown now, you know, his last three-round average is an 80-odd. Um, not many attacking stats in there. Um, do, we, do we go first? If you're one of these guys, you know, picks 10, 11, 12 in the first round, you know, all the, the Cody Walkers, the Turbos, the Clearies, the Tedescos, the Pappenhausens, the Munsters are all gone off the table. Do you go a Payne Haas here? A Payne Haas. So, so where are you putting him at again? Which round pick you reckon he'll go? First, first round. So late first. I'm saying like 10, 11, 12. Payne Haas. Um... Yeah, look, I mean, if you think, probably not first for me personally, just because, you know, my rules, I like to go with the spying. Um, but the rule he does satisfy is captaincy material. You know, you know what you're going to get week in, week out for him. He'll probably get you uh, 60, 70, which you, you'll take that. And then um, hopefully in a improved attacking um, setting for the Broncos, you know, he, his, uh, his ceiling can be you know, low hundreds or mid hundreds. Yeah. He's one of these guys that the base is just going to be there. And we did talk a couple of podcasts ago where we did say, you know, if your captain gets you a 50 this year, you're in trouble. Um, Payne Haas, you know, nine times out of 10 is going to get you that 150. But, you know, if he's around that, if you pick him first and just get the safety, then your second round, you can kind of take a swing. And, you know, you can go a, a DCE who last night got a 300 as captain and you can just alter, alternate which one on, on the matchup. Match I don't ups, mind yeah. it. I, I would probably prefer second round, to be honest. Like if I was a, 
if I had like the third pick and I went Pappenhausen number one, uh, number three, and then it rolls into, you know, my second round, I could go Payne Haas there and then partner them two up and have a nice partnership uh, captain combo there. I, I don't mind that option. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Second last one, Nom. Adam Dewey from the Tigers. has been one of my, probably my biggest miss this year. And we'll go, like at the end of the season, we'll go through my my biggest miss. I had him in the overall big board. I'm pretty sure I had him like 200. I think I had, I had him, He this was when, um, you know, I had, I didn't see him coming into the, into the team. I was looking at the team. I'm going, I don't see him being fullback. I don't see him being 5'8", not in the centres. I was just out, but I've been wrong. It's my biggest miss this year, and I'm happy to be wrong because he is a, such a fun player to watch. And I honestly oh. think if he gets this duel again, if he stays, especially if he goes center 5'8", five, center five, yeah. I don't want him to be fullback. He hasn't played fullback all year. If he goes center 5'8 next year, all of a sudden, he's in my team for classic first overall. I think he's the first one I put in my classic team, in my centers. And in my draft league, I think he's top three rounds. Yeah, mate. you're not alone um, when you say you overlooked him because I'm pretty sure the guy in our comp who won last year, Chris, he had him and then he dropped him to the waivers and he's like, look, guys, he's free for all. You guys can touch him. And then uh, I think old mate Stephen, who's coming first now league now, he picked him up and the rest is history. He's first. <laughs> yeah. He's just one of these guys that... Gets the ball similar to a Nico Hines, loves to get the ball in the hands, has the goal kicking now. He's a very accurate goal kicker, you know, just very, very involved. I think against the Broncos last week, five try assists, crashed over for a double, uh, crashed over for a try and a couple more assists last night. A very fun player. And I was kind of wrestling this year to try and squeeze him into my classic side for the for the back end run. I didn't have enough money to do it. I'm spewing now. I, the, the Tigers run home is very juicy, so I still might do it. Um, if Cody Walker's hobbled, which it looks like he's picked up a little knee injury, um, Rabbits have a pretty run home. A lot of people have Cody Walker. If I could switch Adam Dewey to uh, Cody Walker to Adam Dewey for the rest of this year, I think that'll be very nice to support him for the rest of the year. But then, yeah, the next year draft, he's definitely one I'm targeting. I, I want him next year. What round? I would go top three. I would go top three. So at top a pin- three, yeah. At a yeah. pinch. Look, if I did not feel comfortable, he would be there um, in the third round and I was in the late second round and some of the players that I wanted were off the board, you could probably pinch me into picks 19, 20, 21. I, I would even oh, go that high. Late second round, I see. I would even go that high. Depending on how the draft shook out, you know, if I saw a clear path to him falling to round three. But yeah, I think again, one of these guys that can just win you a win you a, a, a week in your draft comp is valuable with the, with the jewel especially. Yeah, but the only the only blip to Adam Dewey is the fact that he plays for the Tigers for me. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, it's a stigma of having a Tigers player that that high. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but look, I think third round definitely a look up on me. Yeah. All right. Last guy, Nom. It's probably my favorite discussion. I've since he debuted this year, I had him as high as round one. In the lows of the lows of the Warrior season, I've had him as low as round six. 
Reese Walsh. Our boy. Our boy. I'm, I'm trying to put a fair number on it because let's not overreact to what a great season. We've seen that, you know, in this Warriors team, which again, we don't know what this Warriors team is going to look like next year. Sean Johnson's coming in. We don't know if Nick Ream is going to stay or Harris DeVito will be the other half. Hooker's still a very big um, concern. The outside backs, we don't know what's going to happen there. So there's a lot of uncertainty around the Warriors. I'm going to put it... See, fullback's such a hard position because we had a run on fullbacks in our, in our league this year. I don't want to put him too high. Let's go to top three. Top three rounds. So to give you an idea, in our league this year, you had Tedesco, Turbo, you had... Oh. Pappenhausen, Ponga, Dylan Edwards, Clint Gutherson, AJ Brimson, all picked before when I think Reese Walsh would get picked next year. Would you go higher than a round three draft pick on Reese Walsh? I think round three is about right for me. Like you said, there's um there's proven fullbacks in that list. Uh, definitely not AJ. AJ will not be on that list for me. Um, but you know, Gutherson, Dylan Edwards, you sort of know what you're going to get out of those fullbacks with Reese Walsh. Geez, you know, he, he'll have a massive ceiling, but at the same time, I feel like he's a bit more risky than some of the other guys proven fullbacks on that list. Yeah, he unsure he's gonna have the goal kicking next year because Sean Johnson and Harris DeVito will be back, both of them mm-hmm. can kick. So if he doesn't goal kick, all of a sudden that depreciates his value a little bit more. Um, second year syndrome. A lot of players see what he look, plays like now. You know, yeah. You you kind of seen a bit of a difference in the way that teams are playing him at the start in those first couple of rounds. He loved that cutout ball to the wing. You know, running running sideways, taking on the line diagonally, hitting that cutout. I haven't really seen that because you've seen the wingers kind of sit back now when when he does kind of drift wide. So that's taken out of his game. You saw a beautiful try yesterday in that um in that Rabbits game where Chad Townsend kicked the ball. Back across the field, uh, Reese Walsh with his lightning speed, just coming through, collecting and scoring. You know, he's going to have that. So he's going to be always around the ball and, you know, inside balls, little kicks in behind. He's always going to be there. But yeah, like I said, there was a stage there where I just thought Reese Walsh was picking him in the first round. Now I kind of look at it, especially with the Warriors and, you know, field goals left. Uh, I'm not really sure on some of their signings for next year. The form of Cody Walker's, uh, sorry, Cody Nickarim is very interesting to me. Tohu Harris is coming off an ACL. So all of a sudden their best player may not be playing until like mid next year. A couple of question marks. And yeah. I don't want to have in my top two rounds a question mark. Exactly. Yeah, that exactly. It goes back to what I said. It's just a bit more risky than the proven ones that you, that you said at the beginning. Yeah, that being said, if you were able to snatch up Reese Walsh late third, early fourth round, that's a pretty good position to be in. Because I think that's where you're going to find your your Reese Walsh, your Matt Dufty on the Bulldogs, your Charleston Clockstad on the Raiders, you know, all all the a Dane Laurie for the Tigers. That's I think that you're gonna have that really big rush of fullbacks again in the first two rounds. Then I think you'll see. Late third, early fourth, late fourth is where you'll see the trickle down of the... And you know what? Some guys this year, like me, you know, if you're a fullback, you know, if you have a, tur- if you have a Turbo, a Ponga, or a Pappenhausen, why would you not, if 
Reese Walsh was there, if he somehow dropped to round five, why would you like? I know obviously you're doubling up in positions in a round where you could get a very good player, but you know, we saw what Ryan's done this year, gone from last to third, having Tedesco and Walsh. It's, an, it's nice to be able to play players when one's rested, one's suspended, one's injured, and we're able to just put in another gun fullback in. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, for me, I, I don't have that comp at the moment. It was RTS. And now I'm running uh, Dean, Dean Iremeyer from the Storm, yeah. which, I mean, he did the job. He's got to try. He's got a 40. I'll take that because I think the alternative to that, I was running Cody Ramsey. Yeah. So the fullback is very shallow at the moment in our league. So um yeah, I guess yeah, if you'd see him on the board and you know it could be a great trade back going forward. That's it. All right, and we'll leave it there. Like we said, we do have a lot of super coach content coming out in the next couple of weeks. So thank you for coming on, mate. All right, it's always a pleasure, mate. And just want to give a shout out to everyone. Uh just check the updated uh download this morning. We've just hit three thousand five hundred. So pretty, pretty big number. Again, was not expecting more than five when we started this. Currently sitting right now, 3,500 exact. So thank you everyone for listening. Have a great day and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.